Hello and welcome to I Like This, a podcast where we talk about the stuff that we like. I'm Rory. I'm here with my co-host. Hello, I'm Freddie. To introduce what exactly this podcast will be. We'll be taking what we've enjoyed recently and discuss it in a weekly show, covering anything from film to TV, art and theatre, literature, the list goes on. If we like it, there's a chance it will pop up here. So what's on the agenda for this episode? Well, you all know, last week, Avengers Endgame came out. Realised I loved you. I know I said no more surprises, but I was really hoping to pull off one last one. Small little indie film, Avengers Endgame. Small <laughs> indie film. And I have to say, I enjoyed it. You enjoyed I, it. How many times have you seen it? I've seen it twice. Yes, twice. I've seen it. It's because I enjoyed it so much. Yeah. Um, but I just like to say, what, what do you think of it? I mean, I, I personally enjoyed it. I, I was a big fan of Endgame. Uh, obviously, look forward to it quite a lot after that kind of ending to Infinity mm-hmm. War, which 11 no years. one really saw coming. It's been 11 years of Marvel films. Of this my is, life. I do, yeah. <laughs> I do feel like this is the one that it's definitely been building to ever since the first Iron Man. I feel like this is a definitive kind of ending to everything that we've had so far. No, definitely. Wouldn't you agree? Like the ending to this kind of original five, was it five characters that we had? Six characters, six Avengers. Six Avengers at the start, um, yeah. And I, the thing that I'm worried about now is that I'm going to start caring less and less as these films go on. No, definitely. Especially because it's like, that was an epic battle. I have to mm. say, like, that battle, it got intense. I got stuck into it. But now there's not really those battles that will happen. Yeah. It's sort of like those little solo movies now. Yeah. Uh, Spider-Man's coming out, the new Spider-Man's the new coming Spider-Man out. The Spider-Man trailer came out today, didn't it? Yeah. Mm. Um, you know, I haven't seen any other sort of like solo movies coming out for the MCU. Mm. So, to be honest, I mean, the DC. DCU. They're thinking of making a big movie. But sticking to the MCU, I don't know. I feel like Thanos is this character that they've been building up for so long. Mm. This kind of big bad who's going to come in and tear everything up which he arguably did maybe not in such a catastrophic fashion that i thought mm. i thought maybe we'd lose a few more of our characters along the way here but he has been built up to across these 11 years and now that he's gone i feel like they're completely starting from scratch and i feel if they try and do the same thing again with an even bigger badder villain it's just going to feel repetitive and it's going to be something that we've seen before and i think that was something that credited the MCU originally it was it's something we'd never seen before but now mm. I feel that that is over so I'm not really sure where it's going to go from here no definitely and yeah like you said bringing a bigger villain they haven't said anything about any other bigger villains except if maybe Captain Marvel went rogue or something went rogue know? yeah but in like looking through comics and that like there's no other character that's stronger than Thanos mm. maybe in other worlds yeah I universes. have heard I have heard whisperings of other characters but they all seem kind of to be these big purple space men (laughs) same yeah i'm not really feeling to be Mm. honest but you know i felt not gonna lie i did feel a tiny bit bad for thanos Mm -hmm. i mean i mean infinity war is his film isn't it that's Mm. that's his origin story almost and when you see thanos fading away in endgame he's just sitting there Mm. and to be honest i did feel a bit sorry for him because he was trying to help our world out I see what you mean. It's uh, Bradley Cooper did that interview where he mm. said that Thanos had a point, and I guess he kind of did, but not but, in a way that mm. we could agree with. I, I think. think instead of halving the population in half, he could have doubled the resources we had. I think that would have been quite difficult, but maybe I'm not sure if the Infinity Stones could have done that. So let's have a little let's have a little recap. Um, so after Infinity War, when Thanos does his snap, and uh, all all the uh, heroes disappear and we're left with basically the original crew aside from a few kind of extras like rocket and so on uh so it starts with hawkeye's family disappearing which i think we all knew was gonna happen yeah because he was absent from the last one not 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 someone i was looking forward to seeing come back to be totally honest but i think jeremy Ryan did a pretty good job in this film of staying important no he did he did like yeah you see in the old movie seems a bit pointless you know Mm -hmm. he's an ordinary man with you know good bow skills good bow skills but then the bows Got like, like homing arrows. I, yeah, but that's not him though. But then, yeah. it, to be fair, he was the one that was taking the gauntlet. Mm-hmm. He was the one that you know sacrificed himself, yeah. not not um, to keep the gauntlet mm-hmm. in his hands. You know, getting away from those monsters. Yeah, but I think um, I think he did a good job of making us care about him this time. I think that was no, quite definitely. important, and he was definitely important when it came to the Soul Stone, for sure. For with Natasha 
the Black, Black Widow, Widow show down there. Um, that was, you know, I was expecting to be a bit sad about that. Yeah. But to be honest, when it happened, I didn't care too much. I think it's Not a bit. Lie. I think it's a bit kind of rinse and repeat. Because uh, obviously the same thing happened to Gamora in Infinity War. Mm. And as soon as they get to the planet, I can't remember what the planet was called, where the source stone yeah, is. Morag or something. Morag. Um, they, they just don't kind of make it fresh. It's kind of doing the same thing. They get to that planet and you think, okay, these are two people that love each other, so you know what's going to happen. Well, there's no kind of, get. yeah, there's no way out of that one. So I thought maybe they could have thought of another way around that, but I think it's a it's a decent goodbye to Black Widow. Maybe not the kind of one that we were maybe expecting. Mm-hmm. I think maybe a character who's been in the film since Iron Man Two, which is what like the fourth film in the series, mm. deserves a bit more of a send off than just being chucked off a cliff like yeah. someone was in the literally last film before. Mm. Um, so I think they probably could have handled her departure a bit better. Yeah, um, but it was a sacrifice, therefore you know. It was, as well. I can see why it was kind of in character for her, but mm. I wasn't too sure if they did that the right way. So you loved it. I yeah? loved it, yeah. I, I very much enjoyed it, maybe loved it. I'm not sure. I'm still, I think I need to see it one more time before I can kind of make a final mm. judgment on that. But I'll recommend, I'll recommend. Let's talk about favourite and least favourite moments. I think so, this is a big one. So favourite moment for you. Favourite moment, favourite moment. Um, so I have to say my favourite moment is... Probably when Doctor Strange comes back with all the Avengers. And everyone come comes back, back from the when, dead. Yeah, because obviously Hulk snaps his finger, mm-hmm. got all the Avengers back, and then just as you think that the Avengers have lost, classic Marvel, they all come back, mm-hmm. massive fight. Yeah. And I have to say, that build-up, when you just see the circle being made and the classic line from Falcon, which is on your left, I'd say I did enjoy that. <laughs> a classic line. Classic line coming back on your left. Um, um, I enjoyed that a lot when they all came back. I did get a bit of goosebumps. Yeah, I think they did a really good job of, because there's a long, there's a decent kind of five, ten minutes between Hulk snapping the fingers and actually seeing the result of that. Mm. So there's a, there's like the chase through the underground of the the Avengers compound mm. after it gets blown up and Thanos. There's so much to distract mm. you from them coming back that you almost forget that they have been snapped back it's true that's that's what i was about to say because i remember hulk snaps his fingers but when all that happened i forgot that happened mm. and that's why the first time when i watched it that's why i got goosebumps yeah because he started coming back i was like wait a minute all the things back. back again yeah but then exactly. the second time watching it, i was like exactly and i think yeah they handled that pretty well mm-hmm. i mean and that final battle was definitely probably the best probably the best superhero on superhero battle we've seen definitely. in any film i definitely think so maybe yet but then what about you? What's your favourite part? My favourite moment. There were a lot of big ones up there that I liked. Obviously, the final battle was a big one, but I don't think I can really put that up there because I feel in a few years' time that will probably get overshadowed by something else. Um, yeah. I think for me, it has to be the goodbye to Captain America, the last shot of the film where you've got the kind of 40s music playing and you pan in and you see Captain America and his wife dancing. And it kind of brings the whole thing full circle when you realise that all he wanted after all this time was just to go back to see her. And I thought that was a very... That made me... Because I'm going to be honest, I'm not a Captain America fan. Mm. I thought he was quite dull. I didn't, didn't think he had much to him. Even his best films, Captain America Civil War, that is an Avengers film, basically, mm. isn't it? It's not a Captain America no. film. Um, so I thought giving him such a good send-off and the fact that he was probably like the MVP of that film for me. No, definitely. Turns the out fact, he was like one of the strongest. Yeah, the fact, that, the fact that it made me care about him mm. in such a way that I never had before in the last shot of this film, I was very impressed by. So that's that's the one I've got to give it to. To be fair, there was a lot of emotional stuff in there. There was. You know, from um, Iron Man saying goodbye, saying I love you 3000. Oh, yeah. Know, yeah. Tears did come down. Or, <laughs> or when Happy said, I'll get you all the cheeseburgers in the world. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, I remember I watched that with my friend and she teared up at that one. <laughs> so... And um, so all these little send-offs, especially when um, Spider-Man Peter Parker was saying that he, it's the start we want. It's the start yeah. we want. And to be fair, I did shed a tear. Yeah. No, I think we were all getting so, a bit emotional. I was sitting next to you. You, were, you, you yeah. went a bit quiet then. I did um, get a bit quiet. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, that, that was pretty, you know, emotional impact. I have to say that was good. Yeah. And let's I talk about that. least favourite moments. Because it's very easy to pick a favourite mm-hmm. moment in this film, which is basically a montage celebrating the whole series thus mm-hmm. far. But... Let's talk about least favorite moments. Um, least favorite moments. Well, I mean, I mean, I wouldn't say this isn't really sort of like a, 
moment in the movie, but it's sort of like throughout Marvel, it's just, you know, the one-liners that they got. The one They're cheesy, they're cringy, <laughs> sometimes they get on my nerve. Like, Any one-liners from the film that you didn't It was sort of like, it was when, when it was Captain America versus Captain America, mm-hmm. and he looked down at, knocked out Captain America, and I was like, that is America's ass. And I was like, ah, you have to say <laughs> you that. You weren't a big fan of that one. Like, I sort of looked and I was like, oh, I saw that coming. Mm-hmm. But I'd say my least favourite bit, might come to a surprise, was um, Tony Stark and Mrs. Spot's daughter. You weren't a fan. The way she spoke, I was not a fan. She had like a lisp and she was like, <laughs> be disintegrated. And I was like, oh no, you're also <laughs> trying to find like a cute child with a lisp. Yeah, and I, think, I, I yeah. don't know why, that just got on my nerve. And it might seem like a stupid reason, but I just did not like that. <laughs> that was that was the biggest complaint. Well, that's, mm. I think she's probably going to tie in at some point. Maybe she'll take the mantle up of Iron Man or whatever. I don't really know. Maybe. Maybe it's something to do with the comics or something mm-hmm. like that, but we'll we'll see. Well, I mean, we did see uh, Mrs. Potts in her we did see in her anniversary gift. As a rescue. As rescue. And I have to say, that was a pretty cool moment. Yeah, there's when, that shot where they're kind of back-to-back in the yeah, air. Yeah, oh, oh, I, I did that, like that. That chills, that bit. Um, but then for you, what's your least favourite moment? My least then? favourite moment has to be... I'm not going to lie, I did laugh when the thing was first revealed, but Fat Thor, mm. I was not a fan of. <laughs> My not? issue with this is, yeah. Thor has had such like a development. If you think Thor 1, he's just like this kind of arsehole mm. who doesn't really like know anything. He's a bit naive, he's quite funny, but also he's not like the most likeable character. And the whole first film is about him being worthy again. And in the dark world, I can't even remember what happened in that film, but mm-hmm. clearly it wasn't very interesting. And then at Ragnarok, it takes a very serious right turn and he goes into this kind of comedy character. Yeah. And I thought at the end of Ragnarok, that is his journey basically completed. Mm-hmm. He's saved so. Asgard. He's, you know, he's found this kind of like proper personality that he can embody. And I feel like in Endgame, he didn't really have much else to contribute. So they thought, oh, Thor's funny. You know, it would be even funnier if he was fat. <laughs> yeah. So let's make him fat. And I was just, I laughed when it was revealed and I thought, okay, and then he's going to get to normal Thor again, right? And then he didn't. No. And I was like, I, I don't want a running joke. And also, I don't want Thor in Guardians of the Galaxy. No. That's a controversial like, thing to say because I know a lot of people loved his interactions with them, but mm-hmm. I, I like those two separate. Yeah. Guardians of the Galaxy is Guardians of the Galaxy, mm-hmm. not Guardians of the Galaxy and Thor. Yeah, on the side. That's my issue with that. Mm. Like, you know, like I, I know what you mean. It was quite funny, you know, like Rocket saying like melted ice cream and all of that. Yeah, like it was funny. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of like people want to go and see Chris Hemsworth ripped. Mm. You know, that is why people like Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, I mean, think about how great he was in Infinity War. Mm. Like he, he was insane. Like he was the reason they needed one mm. in Infinity War. Yeah, I think a lot of people knew that. They weren't going to win mm-hmm. because people already knew that part two was coming out. Yeah. But when he came down with Groot and everyone and slammed his hammer down on the ground, it's exactly like in Ragnarok mm-hmm. when he gets struck by the lightning. Yeah. When he thought his power came from his hammer from within. Mm-hmm. And he jumps down onto the bridge and just starts ripping stuff up. Yeah. I was that a big, is cool. I was a big fan of that. And I mm-hmm. thought he's, yeah, I think through all these films, they've definitely kind of maybe retconned him a bit. Maybe originally when Kevin Feige was playing this whole thing out, he was meant to be this kind of like noble warrior mm. kind of thing. But I think he has definitely taken a different route. And I think it's going to take quite a lot to keep him relevant. Because mm. I'd say either, as brutal as it sounds, he's a great character, but he's been in, the, he's been in this universe for a long time. Mm. Either kill him off or, I don't know, keep him as like more of a background character, more of a kind of, Captain Marvel presence in the yeah. Endgame rather than the kind of headline act that he was. Well, maybe they could be doing that mm-hmm. because listening in the new Spider-Man movie, they're like, why can't we just get Thor down? Mm-hmm. Like, he's busy. Why can't we get Captain Marvel down? She's busy. So maybe he could start to turn into like, sort of like Captain Marvel, like background character. Yeah. But I know what you mean. It's sort of like he's been in here for so long and there's only so much you can do with it. That's why this like this Spider Man, even though there's been so many movies in Spider Man, like this new sort of like on the franchise of the, like the homecoming that version of Spider Man, yeah, you can do a lot with it. Mm. You can break that down, you can put on different parts and everything. But with yeah. Thor, it's like that is Thor. Yeah. Everyone knows his story. Mm. I think one of my biggest gripes with this series is the kind of lack of stakes. 
mm. except in these last kind of Infinity War and Endgame films where people have actually been killed off. Yeah. Um, so I think in the case of a character coming full circle and finishing their story arc, if it's right, then maybe finish them off. Keep the stakes high, add an emotional impact, have the gratification of completing a character arc over a series of films. But once their arc is complete and they're no use to any story anymore or anything, I say it's probably best to get rid of them. Mm. And I don't say that as like a Thor hater because I'm a big fan <laughs> of this character. But I think if they want to keep stakes high and keep you know, emotions flowing throughout this next series, it's going to be another 10 years until we see something as big as Endgame again. No, definitely you're going to have to lose some people along the way. And I think that's what was lacking in the build-up to Endgame. Because mm. um, even in Infinity War, when they half disintegrate, you're thinking, I was sitting there in the cinema going, right, big, big, nice finale to Infinity War here. But I know Black Panther 2 is coming out. I know mm. Spider-Man Far From Home is coming out. And that kind of lessens the impact a bit. So I think if you slowly kill people across this next kind of series of films before the next big event film, that might be the best way to keep it fresh and keep mm. it going. Because the only way that it can make it fresh is either have a new baddie mm -hmm. or have these solo movies and start killing off the Avengers. But then, you know, it's, I think the Avengers will slowly die. The MCU will slowly die all around because this is the end. This is the end. This is the end. This is the end, end game. End game. Exactly. <laughs> so this is the end. Yeah. Um, you know, so there's not much you can do with it except if somehow people create new characters but Stanley is gone now so yeah. he's creating the characters now exactly So, but I then think, um, his, his cameo was alright I think his cameo in Captain Marvel was a lot more suitable mm. to this one but I suppose if they had a Stanley cameo film they were going to use it anyway because mm. I just think in the end game it was a bit sort of like pointless of him just trying to fight the military yeah. base in 1970 yeah it was a bit sort of like okay like yeah it's true I get it you need one but he's not there um, something I want to talk about is the kind of post-credits, not it's not a scene in the post-credits, it's a mm. sound. And the mm. sound is very similar to the sound that we heard when Iron Man made the first Iron Man suit yeah. in that cave it was in Iron Man 1. And people are saying, maybe Iron Man's coming back. What are your thoughts on bringing back Iron well, Man? I would absolutely love Iron Man to come back. Like He's one of my favourite characters. And I mean, I think everyone loves Tony Stark. Yeah. And also just Robert Downey Jr. as a person. Mm. The way he like, in terms of Iron Man, it's just like funny and smart. Yeah. But um, I would love him to come back. And I don't know who would take over. Mm -hmm. If he didn't. Like, if he didn't, because I don't, like, I can't think of any mm. male figure that could take over yeah. Iron Man. Maybe the daughter. Yeah, I think of it, like, like Pepper or the daughter are probably mm. the most, I think rescuers maybe a kind of yeah, next generation yeah. step. Um, see, my thoughts on this are very different. I'm 100% against Iron Man coming back. 100% against? My issue with Endgame is that a lot of the characters they killed in Infinity War did come back. So Gamora's back, which is something I also want to talk about a bit. Because um, I think it was more of like an underlying tragedy to that character arc than the film lets on. But uh, I think Iron Man should not come back. Because okay. his death is the kind of full stop at the end of this film. I see what you mean. And mm -hmm. if they bring him back, then it kind of completely undercuts the emotion of yeah. Endgame. Mm -hmm. um, so I think if you're going to kill characters from now on, Marvel, if you're listening, mm -hmm. <laughs> they stay dead. You do. This isn't a comic book thing where they can just come back willy-nilly. If you kill some character, they stay dead. If you want to keep the stakes right, as we were talking about, True. they need to be dead. I think as a person who's not into Marvel too much, you know, like the public out there, I just go to watch the movie because it's a movie. Mm. They'll probably be like, oh, why did Iron Man die? Why can't Iron Man come back? Yeah. But as people that are sort of like me and you that are, you know, quite into the MCU, mm -hmm. that opinion that you said there, if they're dead, stay dead, is true. Yeah. That's what keeps it going. Mm. I do love Iron Man, but I think they killed mm. him off. They made that decision, so right. stick with mm. it. Right. His first movie was insane. Mm -hmm. The other two sort of not amazing. They're still good though. But, you know, 11 years ago, yeah. 2008, when that came, when the Iron Man movie came out, that really started it off. Yeah. You know, everyone started getting to it. Exactly. But it was around sort of Thor Ragnarok age where, you know, everyone started getting into it. Mm. Yeah. Like and the people that didn't board. watch it. Yeah, it started, you know, mm. coming on. For sure. Jump on board. Um, let's talk about something that I haven't heard many other people talking about too much. It's probably a question that's going to come up the more and more people talk about Endgame is how it compares to Infinity War. Mm. So, Think about this, you're back in 
whenever it was, 2017, mm-hmm. and you're watching Infinity War in the cinema. How does that compare to your experience watching Endgame? So I have to say, the main thing that people compare is the battle. Mm-hmm. And I have to say, for fans, they want to see Avengers kill Thanos, obviously. And that's why I think, personally, I prefer the Endgame War. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it's a massive battle that comes to the end and everyone likes the finale, you know. Even though those cliffhangers are awesome, it's sort of like, I want to see that endgame battle. I yeah. want to see that battle where Thanos is killed. But then, I think in terms of the actual movie, like, Avengers is all about, you know, like, staying intense. Yeah. Thrill. Infinity War kept that. You know, there was sort of like mid-fights mm-hmm. with um, Thanos' little um, like guidance or so. And they were, you know, in New York City... Then they're on the spaceship, and then they're over there in like France somewhere somewhere, and that kept you on the toes. Yeah. But in Endgame, it was more technical. Mm-hmm. It was more, you know, they kill Thanos in the first fifteen minutes. Then the rest Which was of great. That, I thought. Yeah, it was good. Mm-hmm. It was funny. Mm-hmm. And but then that sort of hour forty-five of them trying to figure out how to get back to Thanos, mm-hmm. it it was sort of like. It didn't really keep me on my toes too much. That yeah. was more of like, you know, where the one-liners were mm-hmm. or where it's like you start seeing that like characters come back. Yeah. And I wasn't too, um, too like... Invested in that. Invested in that. But yeah. then when it came to the end game, like the battle, I was mm-hmm. like, all eyes on. Because the reason... Well, I remember when I watched Infinity War, I thought they really well balanced the kind of the fight on Titan mm-hmm. and the fight in Wakanda and keeping that all kind of separate. And I thought that was because they couldn't physically manage having all the Avengers fighting together, which obviously I was proved wrong in Endgame. Um, I think the final battle in Endgame is kind of like a landmark watershed moment in these films. Um, it's proved that you can bring 25 films together. 22. 22, 22. films together, all in one. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will say that at least where it stands now, I think... Endgame is the more emotionally affecting, character-driven film that I was after. Mm-hmm. Infinity War is a great, grand action film because it is basically action. It's mm-hmm. kind of a chase film. Exactly, yeah. Where the Avengers are chasing Thanos and bumping into each other along the way mm-hmm. and kind of the fallout that occurs from them colliding with each other. But I think Endgame really is the Avengers film that we were looking for to cap off this whole series. No, definitely. I'm really following the characters through for sure. And that's why I quite like to when they go back in time, you know, Tony Stark meets his father. For sure. And, um, you know, Steve Rogers meets the love of his life. Mm-hmm. Obviously, when he's in the office and he's looking through the blinds, he obviously can't go and say hello. Yeah. Because he, she she wouldn't know who he is. Yeah. No, no. She, she would know who he is, but it's kind of a time travel mm. she would clash, like, isn't it? Yeah. So, um, I just think that was awesome seeing that, but then yeah. it did drag on a tiny bit. There wasn't as much action mm. in the middle of the movie, which I would have liked. Definitely. In did terms you, of fighting. Did you feel the three hours? Um, I think I felt it more on the second time. Yeah, definitely. I mean, in terms of um, sitting there and watching it, mm. like the first time seemed a long, long time for ages. Yeah. The second time I watched it, it was, you, you know, it went by so quickly because I knew that was going on. Yeah. Um, but I definitely think that they used. I don't know. I didn't think that they used the three hours too well. You think they could have kind of condensed it down a bit more? Yeah, because some of the stuff that was going on in the film is quite unnecessary. Like um, the when um, Black Widow sitting in her little office with a peanut butter jelly sandwich talking to her things. I was a bit like, okay, yeah, like, yeah they're having a little break now. Yeah, but they don't need to have that going on for like. 20 odd minutes, 30 minutes. Yeah, I think it's kind of an attempt to show what the fallout of the snap is. Mm. But I do see I do see how that does slow down. It's kind of more of an introduction to get Hawkeye back in. I think maybe the runtime did suffer a bit by trying to reintroduce that character. Mm, no, definitely. Um, but I do see why they needed to do it. Um, so final, final thoughts on Endgame. Mm-hmm. Better or worse than Infinity War? I think it's better I, mm. as an Avengers film. As an Avengers film and what the MCU is, mm-hmm. definitely better. Mm-hmm. But in terms of like... As an action film, maybe worse. As an action film, maybe worse, yeah, because the whole point of an action film is the action. Mm-hmm. And that is what Infinity War brought. Yeah. Whilst Endgame was more of those you know, drama, 
Yeah, it was, more, was sort of like action drama again. More meditative there. kind of thing. Mm. But um, I mean, overall, I did prefer in game. Do you prefer in game? Good stuff. Okay, so we've covered that. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about the Russo brothers very quickly to cap this section off. Um, so obviously they've been with the series since Winter Soldier mm-hmm. and then Civil War and then they shot Infinity War and Endgame back to back, which is ridiculous. Uh, I have heard that it caused a lot of kind of stress for them, <laughs> as you can probably imagine. All the public um, them, yeah. So where do they go now? Future for the Russo brothers. I mean, obviously we've found they're incredibly talented directors mm-hmm. within this kind of yeah. field. This is filmmaking on the kind of grandest scale. Exactly. I mean, especially, I mean, trying to handle something like that with, mm. I mean, the MCU is probably one of the biggest, I know, action movies there are. Yeah. You biggest know. film, probably the biggest film franchise, franchise going today. Yeah. Uh, but the future for them, they're going to be wanted loads. Mm-hmm. But that means there's going to be a lot of pressure on them. Yeah. Because watching the trailer, 21 Bridges. This is um, the one they produced, right? Well, the ones they produced, yeah, yeah. sorry. Um, you know, seeing those names there, mm-hmm. you would expect it's a good film. It brings a lot of kind of almost like star power to the film mm. when they say from the producers behind Avengers Endgame. I do worry that 21 Bridges might be a little bit like, uh, there's a film called A Message from the King, um, mm-hmm. which starred Chadwick Boseman as well on Netflix recently, which wasn't kind of anywhere near that proportion mm-hmm. of like quality. Yeah. Um, but yeah, 21 Bridges could be, they could be starting to make kind of wiser career choices moving forward now that they don't have this series to yeah. fall back on. But I mean, to be honest, if I was them, I'll probably take retirement. I mean, you take retirement. <laughs> they have made so much money. Yeah, it must I be mean, outrageous. I mean, you've just said that they passed Titanic. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Titanic was somewhere around like 1.5 billion something. Yeah, so Avengers currently is at the time of recording, $2.18 billion. $2.18 And it's been out for two weeks. Two weeks. $2.18 billion. Mm-hmm. And obviously everyone's talking about is Avatar. It, is it going to become the highest grossing film of all time? I definitely. Think, almost definitely. I mean, yeah. definitely. I mean, they're going to take... I mean, it's the first week and Avatar, in the time that it was out, which was, I don't know, probably reaching half a year, it made yeah. 2.78. This has been out for a week and a half, two weeks, and they've already made nearly... Like they made more than Titanic, which is you know apparently one of the greatest films of all time, and yeah. now they've done this. Yeah, and you know I don't, I'm not sure if any movies will beat them. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've made 600 million domestically alone. I mean, so that's just too much. That's outrageous. Like if I was a director, bang, Marvel movie, retire, <laughs> have a million in my in pocket. So that was Avengers Endgame. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely a watershed moment in this whole. No, definitely superhero film age that we're in that might start coming to a close mm-hmm. maybe after this I'm definitely probably become less and less invested in these and maybe when we films older. as they go along mm-hmm. but I mean they have made a um, Avengers box set mm-hmm. where they do have all the 22 movies together mm-hmm. which is a combined I don't know somewhere around 50 hours 48 <laughs> hours or so outrageous you can get it for, I don't know, like 30 quid or something but I think I think what they've made here is a nice long kind of saga of films that is now perfectly encapsulated and completed coming to an end come to an end is that like there you go (laughs) and coming to another end star wars (laughs) i mean everything's coming to an end. everything's coming to an end but that's something we can talk about for another episode coming to an end as well game of thrones coming to an end game of thrones the most heroic thing we can do now is look the truth in the face I mean, three more episodes left. Three more episodes left. Exactly. Where and, do we go from here? Um, well, opinions in the last episode. Uh, Battle of Winterfell, I thought, has been... It's kind of been egged up as much as any TV show I've ever seen has mm-hmm. been egged up. Definitely. This battle, this grand event that it they've been the advertising ever since kind of the Battle of the Bastards... Mm. When everyone saw that and they thought, wow, that's amazing. And they said, wait until you see the Battle of Winterfell because it's even bigger. <laughs> um, I know they definitely blew a lot more money on this than they have on anything else in the series so far. Mm. Um, you've seen, you're not as versed in Game of Thrones as as others, but um, what did you think of the of the battle? Um, I liked the way it was done. I think it shot very well. I have to say, 
you know, who they are fighting, they're supposed to be scary. Mm -hmm. They're supposed to be, you know, the meanest of the meanest. Yeah. And did you feel that? And I definitely felt it. You mm -hmm. know, when you see the so, you know, when you see the, you know, their fiery weapons going mm -hmm. out one by one, yeah. you're like, what's going on? Yeah. When the Dothraki slowly get kind of <laughs> petered out in the distance. And you see, um, they're all standing in line and then suddenly they get rushed. Mm -hmm. And you see the face, you get a glimpse of like faces of like this rotten flesh. Mm -hmm. All of this, you like, Jesus Christ. If I was there, I would not like that. Yeah, I remember watching that TV. I remember watching that episode sitting in the basement mm. with the lights off <laughs> and I was shitting myself. Mm. I thought if I was in that situation, I would be absolutely bricking it. Because mm, the thing is, that's what people are saying. They're saying they had to sit in the dark. Yeah. That's, that's what they could do. That's another thing that people have been saying. <laughs> Did you think it was too dark? Um... Well, I mean, for my liking, for your you liking, know, it, it was quite hard. The only time you could see it was when there was a bit of fire, mm. you know. And, and obviously, um, it's done to save money, mm. budget wise. Yeah, because it's <laughs> yeah. you know, let's go into pockets there. Mm. But um, I definitely think you know a lot of people hated it. Yeah, a lot of people saying oh, I couldn't see, I couldn't see. But then a lot of people said, but that's how it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. You know, it's supposed to be like this. It's supposed to be this scary. It's supposed to be what it's like. It's real life experience. Mm -hmm. They're trying to get you emerged in. Yeah. And I think when it is like that, you know, when when it when you've got a dark TV and you've got a dark room, mm -hmm. you definitely feel like you're there. Yeah. Definitely. So I definitely think that it was done well when they shot it like For that. For sure. Mm. For sure. I think as a as a kind of mid season event, I thought it might be more catastrophic than it actually was, especially mm. when you consider this is three episodes into a six episode season there's not like there's much room left there's much going on um i think the character departures that we did have were good mm. i think maybe we should have had a few more goodbyes in that episode mm. uh Tyrion and Sansa come to mind when they're stuck in the crypt but i think there's there must be reasoning behind keeping them around I think the people who they killed in this episode, their story is over, and that was a suitable time to kill them off. And a lot of people did die. Yeah, we lost Theon and um, little uh, what's his name, Jorah, Jorah's niece, mm -hmm. um, who had a great departure. But I think there's definitely still room for these characters to go. I'm just hoping they treat them in the way that they should be treated, and you're not sitting there at the end of the season thinking you could have blown them on this grand episode rather than in the way that they will in the future. Um, but Game of Thrones is coming to an end. So what do we think about TV as a whole from this one? So have you seen anything on TV recently that comes close to this kind of... Mm. Um, well, so Game of Thrones it is the biggest TV show right now. Yeah. And I'm not sure right now, no, nothing can beat it. Like the fan base is massive. Mm -hmm. People trying to compete, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. Except from, you know, old TV shows that people might really watch, you know, Friends, mm -hmm. um, Fresh Prince of Bel Air, even just like recently, like, like the you know, Peep Show or something like that. Obviously, yeah. they're not going to overtake Game of Thrones. Yeah, all the classics. But um, coming up in TV, um, I think we've had a few things that have tried to come close and failed. I think. The Walking Dead mm. definitely feels like the kind of DC definitely. universe catching up to the Marvel universe. It's definitely Game of Thrones has definitely gone downhill. I mean, I remember you know that was the thing to watch. The Walking Dead, yeah. It was you know when it got to sort of like see like season one was massive, season two was massive, season three was slowly to like going downhill, mm -hmm. and that was the massive thing. And then right now it's just you know characters are gone. Yeah, and people want, and now it's just. B-Tech characters, mm. and no one cares about too much. I've stopped watching The Walking Dead uh, a few seasons ago, but that was definitely the main competitor. I think that's all but kind of disappeared from the mm. zeitgeist now. No, definitely. I think American Gods, Amazon's TV show, tried to kind of come up to that epic, myth mythologised kind of story, but that didn't come anywhere near. And then we had, we've got the new Amazon Lord of the Rings series, which mm -hmm. they're apparently spending about half a billion dollars on. Half a billion, that's crazy. Um, which is madness, but obviously that's kind of directly supposed to be a replacement for Game of Thrones, mm. surely. It's this kind of mythological, kind of dark ages. Well, is that, is that, this is the genre that's coming about. Yeah. Like Game of Thrones, you know, back in time, it's all these things that are going back in time, nothing going about recent right now. Mm -hmm. So I think the Lord of the Rings could be mm. a good competitor to Game of Thrones, but 
we'll have to see where this series go with season with episode four, which comes out mm-hmm. today. Exactly. So we'll so. see. We'll see if the Battle of Winterfell really was only the halfway point for the characters in this season. Do you think it lived up to it? Because obviously you're talking about the Battle of Bastards, <laughs> and that was you know season I don't know five six yeah. somewhere around there. Yeah, yeah, somewhere around there. And you season know, six, I think. Yeah. Season six, and you were saying no, that was a big battle. And obviously, it was a big battle. <laughs> and so, do you think that it lived up to it? I was, I was, I wasn't underwhelmed. Mm. I wasn't overwhelmed. Okay. I was sitting there thinking, "There's no way they can beat the Night King now." Mm. And I was, and the the episode itself convinced me that they were going to lose. So I was sitting there thinking, "They're going to lose. There's no way they're going to win. This is amazing." They're changing all the. They're throwing kind of the fan base out the window, and they're saying they're going to lose because in reality they would lose. Yeah. So you're going to have to deal with that and suck it up. All your favorite characters are going to die. <laughs> this is what's going to happen. And I was sitting there thinking, not the way that I would have done it, but this is amazing. Mm. The Night King is going to win. The bad guy is going to win this eight season TV show. Yeah. I thought that's great. And then when he didn't, I was disappointed. So you didn't like it when he died? No, I liked the battle. I thought the whole episode was really well done. But I'm not satisfied with the way they killed off the Night King because he was used in all the marketing for this TV show. If you think about it, the first shot, first scene in episode one, series one of Game of Thrones is about the White Walkers. Yeah. So I thought this is coming full circle and this Cersei character who we've thought was the big bad for so long is nothing compared to this Night King, who, when you think about it, has been being built up in the background the whole time. Mm. And he was used so heavily in the marketing, I thought, this is the Night King's season. And Game of Thrones has moved from this political drama to this kind of epic war film. Um, and when he died, I just I just wasn't really sold on it, to be so honest. if the Night King did win, <laughs> what do you think would have happened? The way I see it, what now uh, story wise? Story wise, I think the way I see it, Night King would have won. Maybe Drogon buys some time to get all of the kind of key characters left out of Winterfell, and they flee to the Iron Islands. And then it would probably just be showing them setting up this new civilization on the Iron Islands, and then just watching the Night King slowly take out King's Landing and the rest of Westeros. Okay. But I can under, I can completely understand why they would choose not to go down that route because obviously it would send fans mental. Yeah. But I thought for a moment they were going to do a kind of the last Jedi move yeah. and just like throw out everything you love and tell their own story, mm. which I had to just like respect. Um, but that's Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. Battle of Winterfell, probably the best television battle we've seen. Definitely, definitely yeah, definitely, definitely, you know. In movie, you know, Endgame. We've had Endgame. About this, and then TV series, definitely. Mm. It's quite a nice kind of comparison there, isn't it? No, Endgame definitely. is the biggest film we've probably ever seen mm. in this modern era. And The Battle of Winterfell is probably the biggest TV show, single episode that we've seen. Mm. And they came out the same week. And they're all just dying off. Everything's they're ending. Just, everything's ending. Mm. Um, talking of endings, as we have been, we're going to now move on to beginnings oh we've okay. got some new albums out albums some new okay. albums we're going to talk some music now okay okay i'm ready, ready for this ready. let's talk about the balance the new catfish yes. album. now you've listened to a few of these tracks mm-hmm. what do you think so the thing is with a lot of albums i think a lot of people listen to the first song and then that is their judgment on the whole album and they're like you know Oh, the first song I listened to wasn't too good. I'm not going to listen to the rest. Mm-hmm. But I think in this one, the first song, Long Shot, mm-hmm. I think that is a good song to start off with. Because they released that, I think, a few weeks before they released the full album. <clears throat> so that was a kind of a taste so it. Got, yeah, exactly. It was a mm-hmm. taste to get you into it. And then, obviously, that's the first song on the album. So when you listen to that, you want to listen to more. Mm-hmm. And I definitely think that they've done well. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just think maybe they could try something different. Yeah, I definitely feel the same I th- I've, I've i've been a big fan of this band um and i can see why they're so popular because genuinely i do think they make great kind of 
you know, in the nineties we had like Blink One Eighty Two and Sum Forty One and that kind of team <laughs> yeah. music, and this is like the modern incarnation of that. This kind of alternative rock scene, and I think they've done really well, but they haven't done much to differentiate themselves from their old music. So, like, if you think about the Arctic Monkeys, they were kind of like this alternative indie rock band in the early two thousands, mm. and their newest album, um, Tranquil- Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino, is like a more jazzy, laid back record which is completely different from anything they've done before mm. and i thought that was really interesting creatively and i thought we could get something like that from th- these guys but mm. it just seems okay. to be more of the same which i'm not complaining about i just think there's only so many more times they can do this mm. until they're kind of shunned out yeah i mean i'm not saying it's bad music like it is good music but yeah. i just feel like i listen to this type of music so often every day you know it's, it's quite similar to you know stuff like you know two doors into a club yeah and sort of like stuff like that. And um, I definitely think they can probably go in a different direction. Yeah. But obviously because this works for them, if they go in a different direction, people might not like it. Mm-hmm. But overall, the album is good. Yeah. I, I think, think it is good. I think it's a fine addition to like the rest of their kind of repertoire. Mm. I just think if they keep doing this, they're slowly going to get mm, faded out. I don't know where they're going to go. Yeah. I think some highlights from this album, obviously Long Shot. Mm-hmm. Um, there's one called Basically and Overlap yeah, and like. Two All those are probably my favourites mm-hmm. um, all the rest were kind of eh pretty much <laughs> mess songs that I probably won't listen to again but I had a few standouts that are definitely going to be staying on my playlist for mm-hmm. a bit um, so yeah that's that's no definitely that's Catfish uh, anything we want from the next album um, well talking about albums that you listen to the first song and you don't like too much but it turns out the album is good is Tyler Creator And I think his latest album, Foul Boy, is you listen to the first song, you think this is terrible. Mm-hmm. I don't like it. It's, you start, it's a change of pace, isn't it, from, mm, from the and others? You start digging in deeper and you know you listen to... I mean, obviously, he, he, he came out with Who That Boy mm-hmm. earlier with the album. And then he started coming in with, you know, Orca, Borden. Uh, not Borden. I uh, know Borden, yeah. And um, 9-11, 9-1-1. And I'd say... When I started listening to those, I liked that album. Yeah, and then I started listening to the other songs. I'm like, this is this is all right. Mm-hmm. And he's coming out with a new album, mm-hmm. and it's untitled, isn't it? Untitled, it coming out around uh, July. Yeah, no June, June, July. Because he's released a few like tasters, isn't he? Released a few tasters, mm-hmm. and they're kind of similar to Flower Boy, mm-hmm. but then I remember you saying that it could lead back to some of his earlier stuff. Yeah, you know, in terms of his um, previous albums because some of them sound like his actual lyrics and how he rhymes and sort of like Goblin mm-hmm. and those um, albums there. But he's not the biggest artist. He's not, not. the most popular. He's not. I think but he's definitely, for those out there, the kind of adult swim crowd, he's a bit of a yeah. big internet personality. <laughs> no, he's got Voice Squad and things like that. He's definitely, yeah. he's definitely a personality who I love seeing what he comes up with next. Mm. And I'll um, definitely be listening to this new album. Especially but, like music videos. Like his music mm-hmm. videos are crazy. That's what people sure. look at. Yeah, the See You Again music video that he released yeah. a few months ago. Oh, so good. But um, yeah, I mean, he's an interesting character on the music scene. I like to have him kind of around doing mm. his kind of, because he had that no, whole definitely. future thing and now he's kind yeah, of he's branched out a bit. Band. Um, but I definitely think he can do well with it. Yeah, I think it'll be an like, interesting he, one. He's consistent. You know, he, he, he hasn't come out with a bad album. Yeah. He's consistent. He's like, he's, he's like Kanye. He hasn't come out with a bad album. You know, while there's other people, which people like, you know, like Drake. Yeah. You know, he's come out with bad albums, mm-hmm. but he still makes good songs, which might come up for it. So that's why I think Tyler Creator is good because he's consistent and he's efficient coming mm-hmm. out with stuff. So I would think this is going to be a good album. Good stuff. I'll in a future podcast, we should talk about it. We will. When it, when it comes out, we will talk about it. So that is Capture the Volume and Tyler the Creator. That's our music section done for today. Uh, I thought we'd do something interesting today. Ooh. I found this article. Yeah. Uh, this Telegraph article, I think. Okay. The Guardian article, actually. Yeah. By um, this guy called Simon Critchley. It's called Simon Critchley's Top 10 Philosophers' Deaths. Okay. And this is something I discovered a few weeks ago and have been wanting to talk about. I think it would be quite a nice thing to break down on this. So literally, this article is a top 10 list of philosopher deaths throughout history. Most of these, obviously, have been written down and passed down through generations. There's probably a few discrepancies in there. This is not the 100% scientifically accurate cause of death list. 
Mm-hmm. But I thought it was quite funny when I was reading it. So I'll take you through this list and see what you think about it. Okay. Hit me. So there's a guy called Heraclitus. I'm definitely getting that name wrong. But Heraclitus was someone who hated humanity, which I think in this day and age, a lot of people can understand Mm -hmm. with this kind of social media vlogger era when there are a lot of characters who many people aren't the biggest fans of. Yeah. Um, So Heraclitus was a bit like that. Mm -hmm. Didn't like humanity. So he went up into the mountains and lived on a diet of grass and herbs. Tasty. Tasty. What a lifestyle. Can you imagine? I love Um, But obviously... He got malnutrition. <laughs> um, not not much of a shock there. You'd think a philosopher would have a better idea of how to keep himself healthy in the mountains, but uh, Heraclitus clearly wasn't one of them. Um, so he went to the city to seek a cure. He asked himself. He asked people to cover him in cow dung, mm. which he believed would draw the bad humours out of his body. That's disgusting. Interesting theory. I know. Not sure if that's backed in Smart science guy. either. Yeah, Smart clever guy. dude. Um, in the first version of the story, because obviously these aren't scientifically accurate, in the first version he drowns in it that is horrible and in the second version he the cow dung dries and he is baked to death in the sun that's just even worse what would you do if you were in greece crossing the road and you see a man buried up to his neck in cow shit well you know the things (laughs) what would your first reaction be to this the things you hear back in those days Is you know I think that's some kind of act. Yeah. You know I I just think you know that that's so a, you'd be like I'm not going to give you any money. This is you're you clearly know, on stilts or something. <laughs> you're clearly on stilts. You're trying to scare me or something. Yeah. But you know, I just think he's a smart guy, and the things that people come up with is just plain dumb. And that is something that he has come up with, which not is the just best, dumb, is it? And I just like how people come up with different versions. He's, he drowned in cow dung. Now that is horrible. Mm-hmm. You got bait and sun and cow dung. <laughs> like, I would not enjoy that. <laughs> I just think like him going through his life right now. He's probably looking up at this guy and just thinking, "What have I become? What have I done? <laughs> Where did it all go wrong?" Like, uh, you <laughs> probably know, went to the mountains I, and tried to eat grass. How has he become a philosopher? Yeah, know? interesting. But he's gone down in history, um, which. I'm not even going to ask which death of those two you would prefer. No. But I think Heraclitus, either way, didn't have the best of deaths, let's just say. No. Um, I'll definitely be baked in the sun because at least you'd get warm. Get a nice tan on before you die. Um, Have a nice open casket. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So number two, Diogenes. Um, He asked to be buried face down because after a little time, down will be converted into up. Ooh. Not sure of the logic about that. That might be a weird flat earther thing or something. <laughs> no idea. Um, so he was nearly 90 when he died, which is pretty old. But he died either after eating raw octopus or by committing suicide by holding his breath. Now, honestly, if you want to eat some octopus, mate, just go down the street and get some calamari. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he was, was is, if Diogenes is Greek, then there'd be some pretty serious calamari mm. available. So, but then holding your breath, I just don't see how you can do it. I think that's biologically impossible. Mm. I think your body would have a reflex which saves you from dying. Mm. I, just, I just imagine him going there, just going bright purple, and yeah. he's like, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it. <laughs> and he just buzzes out, he's gone. What so, is the longest you've held your breath for? The longest I've held my breath. You know, that was a challenge when I was younger. About 30 seconds. It's for around like a minute or so. <laughs> and I have to say, after that, I felt like, you know. Gets a bit too much. Thing is, should I say what I always do? What? I always try and hold my breath in movies. If someone Dude. is, well, if someone's underwater, if someone's underwater, you know, in you know, 2012, yeah, you know, he's trying to hold his breath for, <laughs> and that movie is going on for 15 minutes. And I'm there, nearly passing out with red cheeks and yeah. everything. My mom was like, "You're right, I'm <laughs> trying to do it." So, um, yeah, so I was, was watching, hard. I was watching Kingsman the other day, which is a great film. Don't you? Right? No, One of my favorites, but. There's a scene where Eggsy in their training when their when their bedroom fills up with oh, water yeah. and he holds his breath for a good like three or four minutes. And I sat there going, eh. <laughs> not sure, sure about, about that. that. Yeah, a bit mm. questionable. And then he breaks the glass. I'm like, okay. <laughs> um, so Diogenes, not the brightest of guys, although he was probably one of the oldest of these philosophers. Mm. So he still was the smartest. 90s, pretty ancient. Because he was going to try to do weird stuff. So I guess he did all that. Maybe eating raw octopus is the, the way to do it. Way to live life longer, you know. Yeah. Suddenly you see 150 year old women eating raw octopus. <laughs> like that's that's one that's, that's the way of life. That's the way of life. Okay, last one. Chrysippus, I think is the name. <laughs> there are two stories of his death. In the first story, he took a swig of sweet wine unmixed with water, uh, got really dizzy, and died five days later. 
Oh, so it. that's a pretty hardcore hangover, wouldn't you I agree? I say, yeah. Um, almost some serious heat stroke. In the second one, it just sounds like he told a joke to an old woman <laughs> and laughed so heartily that he died. Thing is, this is similar to old Diogenes yeah. <laughs> uh, holding his breath. Out of all the deaths on there, it would probably be laughing at my own joke. Is that? <laughs> yeah, so I, I can imagine laugh, you going that way, yeah. Because I laugh at my own jokes a lot, <laughs> so I reckon that would probably be one of the deaths that I would take. That's the way that you would go. That's the way I would go. I mean, out, out of those, which way would you go? Which way would you think um, that you would go? I think I'm, I, I laugh at quite a lot of things quite easily. Anyone will tell you. So. Um, you think it'd probably be that? I think it'd probably be the laughing. Mm. I think Heraclitus and his cow dung was probably the worst <laughs> way to go. Definitely. I think Diogenes is just plain idiotic by holding but, his breath to death. <laughs> I think the best way to go was definitely the wine. Because he died happy and drunk. That's true. So or just a severe hangover. Exactly. And there weren't any brockers in Greek times, so I don't know what you were going to do there. <laughs> So I definitely think that was probably the best death for him. Okay, well that is Simon Critchley's top 10 philosopher's death. Okay, Those were the highlights that. that we found out. It was a good little, good little thing that, to do, yeah. wasn't it? Um, Take him away from the serious stuff. Yeah, so next time we'll see if we can find anything else like that mm. and see if we can get it going. Um, any idea of what we're going to be talking about next week? Uh, well, if there is anything that I like, mm-hmm. then that will be on. Nice. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing new trailers come out mm-hmm. because... We so might have a look at the Spider-Man trailer or the Rocket Man trailer. That's the new one. Rocket Man trailer that looks insane. Mm-hmm. Talking about um, mm-hmm. um, Kingsman, yeah, it, for sure. Um, you know he's in there. Yeah, a bit Taron Edgerton. And then if there's you know anything coming up, mm-hmm. you know I'm keeping my eyes peeled. Keeping our eyes peeled. Doesn't matter what it is. We're going politics, to see. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to see a uh, High Life on Thursday. Ooh. Thursday night, mm. aren't we? So we're going to go and see what that's like. Bit of Claire Denis, bit of French sci-fi action. Mm. A bit of sort of a smaller movie. Yeah, looking good to talk that, about, not a massive sure. one. For sure. But I'm definitely happy to go and see so all yeah, those. We'll keep an eye on new releases and mm. anything we like from next week we'll be talking about. Yeah. But um, it's been lovely speaking to you. You too. Lovely little well. first episodes here. No, I have to say, um, I like this. Really yeah, much. good fun. I like this. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, this has been I Like This, Series 1, Episode 1. And we'll see you all next week.